episode seven, Coach's Corner, as I want to introduce myself like Coach Stanley. Um, <laughs> today is Powerlifting 102. I know we did a, well, let me do a quick 101 last week. Um, just going over what the pros and cons were for uh, strongman, Olympic lifting, and powerlifting. Oh, CrossFit as well. Um, but we have Heather Foss here with us tonight. And we're going to do Hi. an intro into prepping, competing, and what was the last thing? That sounds really bad. Prepping, competing, <laughs> and oh my gosh, training. <laughs> That's it's, it's very informal. We're, we're going to um, cover everything. So, except for one, except for one thing, we're going to leave out the most important thing. Um, so, just give everyone a, a lowdown on who we have. Uh, she is a multiple, multiple record holder in the raw division. Um, gym owner, mom, bachelor of science, PTA, nutritionist, USAPL club coach, special Olympics coach. She's a state chair for the USAPL. Uh, national, as I said, nationally ranked powerlifter, um, a wife, and owner of Clean Eats Restaurant, uh, which we actually have here locally and we have worked with in the past. So uh, some some of you have probably run into her. Uh, if you haven't, do so. So I will I will <laughs> let you take it away on your, uh, on your time in powerlifting and actually how we were talking beforehand, how you're... Um, children actually compete now sure um you just want me to tell you about my family and yeah go ahead. powerlifting yeah. <laughs> sweet sweet yeah um so i've been competing in powerlifting for uh, probably about eight years now um and it was just somebody approached me in the gym one day and was like hey i've been watching you lifting i um think you'd re be really good at powerlifting we don't have a lot of girls that do it um, so I called my husband and was like, Hey, this guy approached me and said, I should do this. And he's like, we're doing it. So, <laughs> so he started training me and, um, we, I stepped up to my first meet as a state championship in a December and, um, pulled the heaviest deadlift there at the females and was like, okay, I'm hooked. Like, this is, this is my thing. Um, I just found that everybody in the sport of powerlifting was just uber kind and supportive and i went to like put baby powder on my legs with my hands or i did it backwards i put chalk on my legs and baby powder on my hands like i had no idea what i was doing kind of thing and like my actual competitor um shalana she, i'll never forget her sweetest person ever was just like you we, we need to fix this before anything goes really bad and uh, just found that the whole sport was just super, super nice like that. And my um, oldest was there watching me that day. And afterwards was just like, I want to do this with you. And uh, she was six at the time. So she started training with me. Um, and then when USAPL actually stepped up and was like, hey, we're going to start allowing youth to lift and compete at the age of eight. She had just turned eight. Um, so we flew her to Colorado to do um, the first ever youth, youth nationals. And she did absolutely amazing and had a blast, set all the youth uh, records and held them for a really long time. Um, and uh, it's been uphill since then. So my, I mean, in the gym, my kids, I homeschool my children. So um, they lift every day as their PE sessions and they write their own programs. They take turns writing each other's programs or if they want something really challenging, 
they come to me and ask. <laughs> I'm like the last resort though. They're like, mom makes us do all the things all day. Um, and if I've made her mad, this could be really ugly. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but also to add to her, um, you know, like her accomplishments too. Like I know this was more geared towards powerlifting, but like she is like more of like a, I guess a Jill of all trades. I can't say Jack because obviously she's a female. But Thank you. um, <laughs> but uh, like she's now adventuring into the world of Olympic weightlifting, and you just qualified for nationals, right? Yes. 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 So she just qualified for uh, well, they keep changing the name, but it's like North American Nationals oh, no. now. It yes. Used to be the American Opal Finals slash Nationals, but um, so now she qualified for that, and she also does CrossFit. So she does literally of everything. <laughs> And like, if you follow her on Instagram or if you follow her on Facebook, you'll see all these different things she's always doing. And you probably like me sometimes, I'm like, how's her body didn't have broken down? So like, <laughs> let's talk about, let's go into like the actual concept of the way that you train and the way that you keep your body intact and going through all these different training styles and not breaking down. Especially also, sure. you know, being a, a, a mom, being a wife, being running a help running a gym, you know, B, you and BJ have that gym <laughs> in Charleston. Uh, and then not also having clean eats now too in Charleston. So like you're all over the place. Right, right. Um, so I guess the way I look at my training is a lot of the way you could almost look at like running a business or what successful people in general do is the way I look at my training. So I have a list of things that, um, uh, right now, Olympic lifting is a little bit at the forefront of what I'm doing because I'm so new to that sport um, that that's kind of like my main training for the day. And then powerlifting will kind of come in second. Um, and then CrossFit, I almost use it as my accessories. Um, it, it just helps break up the monotony and like mundane of the accessory world, right? Um, so I, I honestly look at my training just like you, anybody else trying to be successful at something um, would look at their training. Number one, it's a must. I have to do it. Um, now I have seven days to get it in. So that's, that's nice to get four days of training in. Um, and then I kind of like prioritize what is super important. So if there are a couple things that have to go off the list because a child gets sick or I have to go to clean eats to do something or one of the other things that are on my plate um, that I, I put there. <laughs> uh, like my your eyes were too big when you fixed your plate at Thanksgiving. Like sometimes yeah. my my training, my life plate gets like that. Um, so I, I do prioritize my training that way. Um, so, and so I don't know, that might change around depending on um, the Olympic lifting and what meets I have coming up. Um, the big goal is to do the super total at the Arnold. Um, but like, I just got word, I think Thursday last week, maybe that the Arnold's been shifted to June, um, where yeah. it was in March. Yeah. So this is, you know, that, that gives us a lot more time to train. Um, so that that's kind of going to be a little bit of a nice break. Um, cause we are kind of starting to ramp things up, but, um, to not fall apart, I'm super important to listen to my body. So if something's starting to be achy, like I don't even wait, I start to, uh, figure out what that is right away. So um, my biceps have been super touchy since I started Olympic lifting. Um, so really, really taking um, the time to stretch and um, make sure I mobilize my, my biceps and triceps and really bicep dominant. Um, so a lot of that is stemming from some anterior delt um, 
over utilization, I guess, too, and all those things. So just not um, putting off that injury feeling. Um, sometimes that's what just leads to like this turmoil and downfall of your entire body breaking down is when you um, don't take the time to address those little nitpicky things right away. Um, so that's super important. Then of course, all the things of eating and drinking, multivitamins, sleep is right up there. It's a huge deal. Um, all those things really are injury prevention just added together. And it's funny you say that because if anybody that's out there listening, you think about it, every podcast that we do, it always goes back to making sure you're eating, making sure you're sleeping, make sure you're stretching, make sure you're doing your mobility, which is you know, hand in hand. So all that stuff is is really a big deal if you're not doing that part of it the training is just washed out um and like she said she's gonna be she's gonna join you know hopefully she's uh the way training is going right now she'll join uh, i can't think of her name at the moment uh but her instagram name is like mason lift i talked about this last week last year she did the arnold i mean she just actually had her twins uh i think the week before thanksgiving or whatever but she did the arnold and literally competed powerlifting one day went to sleep yeah. next day, competed in Olympic weightlifting and meddled in all of them. You know, that's hard to meddle. So meddling overall, so a lot of people don't know about with powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, you can literally meddle in each event as well as meddle overall and meddle as overall female. Yep. And, you know, Meg, Megan did pretty much all of that. And She's then like, a couple of weeks later, she was like, oh yeah, and I'm pregnant. <laughs> yes, with twins, yes. <laughs> with twins. I mean, like yeah. having one baby, is one thing, but then you also like you're sharing and you got to think about the training style that she had to do, plus the eating that she had to do. And you're sharing that with two other people. Yep. It's yep. a lot. Yeah. Yep. She did an amazing job keeping up um, her training through the entire pregnancy and sharing that. Um, so if you guys ever do a podcast on pregnancy and training, she is the one to go. She is amazing. <laughs> we, we will probably do that. I, will, I don't. You should do that. <laughs> But it's actually uh, it brings. I mean, it brings me a question because um, the you always have those parents and the controversies that surrounds uh, youth weightlifting, and mm. that we actually there's a couple families around here that I know um, just through volleyball and meeting people that uh, they actually have their kids. They're I want to say young teenagers that okay. have been doing. Uh, CrossFit style training, Olympic weightlifting style training, um, and there's plenty of, you know, uh, I want to say uh, league, not leagues. Um, it's the right word. Um, facilities, we'll say that that run programs like that. What what was your big thing with uh, starting training your your children? Um, so there, there's just like, I don't know, I, I'm one who I'll do some research and then I'll kind of like half believe what I read until I try it for myself, which I guess could be a little bit dangerous, but, um, so my, my children were kind of like guinea pigs for me. So you, you had these pediatricians, um, who are like, no, you'll ruin the growth plates, blah, blah, blah. You, you know, your kids can't lift. They're going to get hurt. But what I noticed with homeschooling my children and watching my children play on the playground or, and we live out kind of in the country. So we have like those farm bred and raised children mm -hmm. who go out and do all the things. Um, 
they're like trying to pick up these boulders that are three times their size and, you know, doing all these acrobatic things on the playground and guess what? They don't get hurt. Um, so like, I was like, so why can't we teach children how to lift properly and actually build the structures around their growth plates and we can have these uh, better athletes right off the bat or just stronger children in general, which are going to raise stronger athletes when they get to high school and more aware of their bodies. So if a coach tells them to do something, not out of disrespect, but, but hey, they could be in the weight room and coach says do this and they're like, meh like a question it responsibly. Um, and so that's kind of where we started going and, um, really found that my, my children were fantastic listeners in the weight room. Cause that was our rule. Like if you can't listen, then you can't lift that day. Um, and found that, I mean, my children haven't broken bones. I'm going to knock on everything that's wood around me. Uh, we've, we've not had broken bones. Um, when they go out and play, they're the strongest children on the playground, like all these things. But, um, if you watch them lifting, they're super composed. They have fantastic form. Um, and other children want to do that or other parents want their kids to do that. And so we're finding that these, they're actually really good athletes at a young age. We just have to instill them with the right way of lifting. Um, and then we have, so during COVID, this, this huge thing that I, I love, I loved about COVID is that they shut all these high school gyms down. So I was like, man, I need a place for these high schoolers to go. They can come to my gym and work out. And then I get the opportunity to actually work with them. Because if you haven't tried to get, um, San Juan, you probably know, um, trying to get into high schools and work with strength coaches. Exactly. Shaking your head right now. They don't want to hear what you have to say because they know all things. And I don't want to disrespect any strength coaches. And maybe they do know a lot of things. But what I am seeing is these kids are coming and doing quarter squats with a billion pounds that they have no business messing with, um, that their their bench technique their bench press technique is terrible. They don't know how to deadlift at all, um, and like just all these things. So they and and these kids want to lift. They're dying to lift, and they want to know how to do it well so they can get more PRs on the board. So my gym, all of a sudden, over the past couple of months, I've signed up like fifty high schoolers. Um, and then the high schoolers are bringing their coaches because they want to know what we're doing with their kids and their coaches are learning and all these things. And we've really had the opportunity to instill in these kids, instill in these kids, the correct way to lift. We've taught them how to spot one another, what signs to look for. If you're injured, then we need to back some things off. uh, What things can you do on your own to make you better at your sport so that then colleges are going to want to look, look at you. Um, for these scholarships that they're trying to fight one another for. And I've had a couple of kids that just were signed uh, with USC. Um, One actually just became a freshman and the other one is about to graduate. Um, Their brother's about to go um, to college, but uh, baseball players, and they've been working with me for the past three years. And what they have found is that those colleges were so impressed with the fact that they were already working out and doing strength training programs on their own that it gave them a notch. Uh, they were great baseball players, but it also put something else in their pocket that these uh, college coaches were looking at and saying, hey, these kids already know what, the, what they need to be doing when they're not with us. That's a big deal. Um, so we're setting these kids up to go farther than their high school um, weightlifting rooms. Um, and into the college weightlifting room. So 
strength yeah. strength training at a young age is huge. And there's there's like two things I was thinking while you were saying that was one, you know, if you go back to the very start of the whole idea of, you know, you're going to damage the growth plate with everything, all the stress, the impact and whatnot. You know, if you look at it like with gymnastics, I mean, even even with even with the floors and how they're set up, you still have the impact. So Absolutely. it's really not much of a difference if you look at it in that idea. And then as you're talking now towards the end, that's the biggest point that I think, I, I mean, me and I, all of us face is trying to get those kids to understand that if you get these regiments down now, when you go through the recruiting process, even before you even get a chance to step onto the campus, you're already ahead of everybody else. That's yep. just playing. And it's yep. really hard, I think, to get some of the females to understand that and yes. to get and it's not really the athletes you got to convince sometimes it's really just getting the parents to understand that right, oh, yeah. right. it's basically um i mean like with aunt and i um already working in the college sector before we went to private you know the biggest reason why you know when i started murder beach high performance center it was because we knew about how freshmen coming in they were in forget about the stars they could be a four-star five-star athlete but they couldn't squat. They, you know, right. not even with a dumbbell because they never, they're just a raw athlete. They can do everything on the field, but they couldn't do anything in the weight room. Or right. they thought they were doing stuff in the weight room because they had a strength coach, I'm putting that in quotation marks, that was telling them they were doing the right things. And then now you have to convert them completely different. They have to learn like, okay, I don't have the ankle flexibility. I need to wear, either I need to wear shoes or I need to put plates on these your feet, depending on what level of school you're at, depending on how much money you have. But is is a lot that goes to it. And that's why um, now we're, just like you said, we're going to be starting branching out to even the middle schools. Because once they get to high school, you do have to fight with the strength coaches a lot more, unless it's right. just somebody that just wants to do, I want to go into powerlifting or I want to go to Olympic weightlifting. But going into the middle schools, because they're not going to be in a weight room at the school yet. So right. start grooming them early. And then as they get to high school, they'll be great. Uh, I was training one baseball player uh, for a high school and he was going in as a freshman this year and was lifting more, you know, not to put myself on the back, but he was lifting more and had better flexibility, learned how to squat, learned, knew how to bench than the seniors on the team. Right. Right. And they've been with those coaches for however, how long. And now that coach comes to me and he brings me, you know, there are certain players that he knows that's going to go to college that's going to go to, he's like, all right, they need to get, they're good on the field. I just need you to get them ready. So whenever they go to college, they're going to play. Right. Cause that's another thing right. too. A lot of times people don't think about it. Like, Oh yeah, I'm going to this big college. I'm doing this and this and this, but you don't realize everybody is good. If you can't do everything together that's with big. everybody else, you're not going to play. That's big. No matter how that's good big. you are. And I think, so um, I've got a couple girls. Uh, the biggest sport for girls, of course, is softball and volleyball. I mean, you got soccer. That's a big one too, but um, there aren't as many spots for girls um, to go to as there are guys. So right. you have a ton more females vying for a smaller number of slots. And so um, we've seen a huge, the girls who have chosen to come and um, are taking their fitness level and um, figuring out their bodies and all that entails for a female. Cause not, you know, we're, we're dealing with hormones. We're dealing with all these other things. 
um, once they can figure out their bodies and how to utilize all that optimally, their, their um, playing level goes to a whole nother level super fast too. Girls have this ability to like focus and pay attention to what you're telling them and then do it really well. Um, and so <laughs> we're, I mean, <laughs> they just do. Um, it takes, it takes my, my male uh, athletes a little bit longer to process what I've told them, but the female athletes, they just do it. Um, but that, that's what we're finding is that there are so few spots that if I can get these girls in the middle school, just as they're coming into freshmen, they are blowing their competition out of the water right away. That's huge. For, for me, um, I know we got on a little late here, um, but <laughs> just to kind of chime in with the training, the younger um, athletes, I personally feel like the younger you get them, the better because um when you get them at a young age, I think you actually reduce the chance of injury because they haven't had that time to develop that bad form and bad technique. Um, right. And you're teaching them off rip. You're just starting from scratch and not having to unteach and then reteach. You're just right. teaching. Um, and if we look at kids anyway, they um, starting around what, three, four years old, they're already doing plyos on their own, like jumping yes. off stairs and jumping from couch <laughs> to couch. and yeah. Parkour, yep. Yeah, they're doing all kinds <laughs> of stuff on their own. So if we start teaching them to lift weights early when they're jumping around, because see, lifting weights actually promotes bone growth anyway. Correct, so correct. when you give them that chance to go ahead and start lifting weights and their bones are growing and getting stronger, when they are jumping off the couch and jumping off the five, six, seven foot slide um, that they probably shouldn't be jumping off of. Their bones are now stronger and can actually handle that impact right. a little bit better better than if they didn't do strength training anyway. So now that translate over to the field or the court or whatever sport you play, um, you're not out there just taking the beating of the sport itself. Your body is now equipped to handle it. It's huge. That's yeah. huge. Well then tag on to that. Um, the proper way to eat um, along with that. And we have a whole new ball game um, for our kids. Like if you ask my kids, um, they eat on, on, on pretty regular schedule, six to seven times a day. Um, they, they get a, a couple of treats a couple of times a week, but they know the things that they should and shouldn't eat. My 14 year old is already talking to kids um, in her PE classes. You know, one of the guy friends that's in her class is like a baseball player, but doesn't eat breakfast. And then if he has a game, he won't eat before the game and all these things. She's like, mom, I think he could be a better athlete if he would just eat. Bam. Like, keep talking to your friend about that. You know? <laughs> you back up, call me and I'll tell him it's true. Um, yeah. So where you can already raise this next generation of um, healthier athletes across the board if we start them out as long as young as what you're talking about yeah that that's that's great um actually that's right up matt's alley as far as the the eating yeah. is concerned i know you gotta we gotta kind of gotta push him to talk a little bit so um, i'm gonna I'm 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 give him the floor eating. no it's it's 100 percent true when it comes to like eating in general whether it's a 13 year old or a 34 year old like myself it doesn't matter right. you need to eat right in order to get your fitness to the next level and if we start them younger, they get those habits like instilled in them. Well, they don't think eating a healthy meal is horrible because they've been eating it for so long. And the couple of treats they get, like you said, a couple of treats a week, it's a couple of treats a week. It's a meal or two a week. It's not like you're eating for two days straight and you're 
like we did for Thanksgiving, where you just take out and everything. <laughs> it's, it's literally a meal or two a week. It's not a whole day. I mean, that whole day right. is fine when, you know, once or twice a year for the holiday, it's not really going to hurt you in the long run. But right. so we do have a question. Sorry, Matt. Uh, we, we do have a question, and this is for another. Um, it's from Herdy. So um, it's, Hi, it, it's about, it, it's just how she wrote it. I know, I know you guys are probably going to laugh in a good way. I promise. Uh, it says, I'm not a competitor. I, I only look like I am pregnant with twins. I'm so glad to hear from your awesome guest. Any tips for a 58 year old female who wants to lose weight and get stronger? Oh my gosh. I love this. <laughs> so um, that would make you pretty much close to my mom's age. So no offense to that, but I love that you've asked that. Um, because, um, I could see as my mom was getting older, she knew all these things, like she instilled this healthy lifestyle in me, but it was weird to see her kind of like forget about these things as she got older. Um, and the older population has, they just have my heart. I love, I love children. And then I just love the older population. Um, because typically the older population has done a really good job at taking care of the younger generation and then they forget about themselves. And so that makes me really sad um, because then, you know, you'll just become sedentary and stop eating and, and just because you're not hungry because you're more sedentary. So um, what I try to instill in my older generation of ladies who are um, wanting to just do better is um, move. Uh, that's the biggest thing you can do is move. And that's going to automatically jumpstart your um, metabolism back again, because it just gets sluggish. Um, as you're getting older from like a PT standpoint, after you kind of hit that, we always hear like over the hill kind of thing at 40, like it's totally true, um, is your, your body basically starts consuming the muscle. Um, and the bone starts breaking it down. And so it gets more brittle. And so you have to really fight a battle as you get older. So that means your nutrition has to be on point and you have to keep moving. And I, I see you shaking your head, Matt. That's huge. Like you, you have to be taking in the calories, whether you're hungry or not. So my females, um, I don't ever allow them to go under like 1400 calories ever. Um, and so in the older population, it's, it stays the same that, that doesn't get lower just because you're getting older and you're not moving as much. Um, so I always encourage you, whether you're doing like my fitness pal, or I'm a big advocate for RP diet. Um, I love that app just as like a tracker and for, um, people who aren't sure like where to start or how much to eat. I love that app. So, you, um, if, if you're needing something to help the RP diet app is huge. Um, you can plug in, it'll tell you how many calories you should be eating um, based off of your uh, fitness level and your goals. And then it'll tell you um, how much of that stuff you should eat that you want. You can plug in, like, I want to eat bacon and eggs every morning. It'll say, yeah, you can have two eggs and a slice of bacon and that, that'll meet your macros for that meal. Um, and it's great to help you just keep on track. It has reminders and all the things. Um, so if you need help, that's a fantastic app. Um, but also just getting involved and getting yourself an accountability partner for both eating and working out. So start, start slow, make small changes is a big deal. If you haven't really been um, doing either of those two items, eating well or working out um, consistently, start small. So increase your water intake and um, try and make sure if you're only eating three meals a day, maybe bump that up to four um, and just trying to eat more frequently um, and be consistent with that. And then you're working out, same concept. 
uh, if you're not working out at all, three days a week. Start with three days for 30 minutes um, and then bump that up to four days for 30 minutes or increase your time to maybe 40 minutes for the, for the three days. So being really small and then always giving yourself grace. Um, so if, if you start a program and you, you, your hustle and bustle kind of throws you off, um, give yourself some grace and then start back. Um, strength, strength training for our older population is huge. Um, don't be afraid to pick up some dumbbells. Don't, don't be afraid to like put that little pin in the, in the machine uh, to the next weight up um, in your cable machine, like go a little heavier um, because it's going to build that muscle mass, which is going to protect your, your bones. If you potentially have a fall um, or as your joints continue to get a little weaker, that muscle mass is going to strengthen those joints. So you won't have as many problems long-term. Um, so that's kind of like some tips without overwhelming you. <laughs> I could go on all day. Um, but I, I think it's the perfect time for you to get started is now. Um, it's never too late. Just to kind of piggyback off what she was saying with the whole, as you get older, nutrition is being point. I tell a lot of the people in the gym that like when you're younger and you're, you know, talk about, we'll say high school kids, you can get away with like 50% fitness and like 50% of your diet because sure. your metabolism is super high gear. You're so young your body's going to burn most of that crap food you ate off anyway. But as you get older, your, your nutrition's got to be, you know, 75% on point at, you know, at 25, 30, then you got to be like 80% in your mid thirties. And the older you get over 40, you pretty much got to be on point with your nutrition almost all the time. Yep. Um, also just harping on like the water thing. Like I harp on water, like as the first step to nutrition with everybody in our gym, y'all know this. Y'all heard my conversations in the gym. Gallon of water a day. Minimum of 100 ounces to a gallon of water yes. a day to start. Like, don't even start tracking yep. your food until you can hit that water mark. If you can't track your like water, it. you can't track your food. I like it. This is an easy thing as water. You don't got to write down how many ounces of everything you did. It's literally one thing. You don't got to write down salt or seasoning or dressing or, you know, all the sauces or sides. It's literally just how many bottles of water a day can you consume? <laughs> Right, right. How many of you do the gallon of water, like carrying around your jug? Do you guys do that? Yep. Yeah. 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 Jug like, I have to fix mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad Amazon came out with those cute, like they're called jug huggers. So your water bottle doesn't have to look ugly if you're like bougie like that. That's Antoine, you can ask Liza. She got me mine. <laughs> For me, just having a big water jug is easier because you know once you finish it, you accomplish your goal for the day. Yeah. That's right. So, That's right. like having to sit there and if so a lot of times without the kind of work we do outside of the gym, you know, we're we're really really busy. Like, cause me and Matt work construction. So, and I know like Santuan serves table and it's a teacher. It would be hard to like drink a water bottle and immediately go write it down. Like you're in the middle of doing something. So let's say you get three water bottles in and then you're like. Was that two? Was that three? Was that four? Like, so for us, I know it'll be a little bit of a challenge. And I don't know for a lot of people, it will be a little bit of a challenge to track the water bottles themselves. So getting a big one for me is just easier. Now, if it's easier for you, to, if the smaller water bottles is less intimidating for you. So, um, and it's easier for you just to count them because they are less intimidating, then by all means, you know, drink the small water bottles. Uh, whatever works for you, you got to do. But just for me in general, I like the big ones because I know, okay, if I fill this up and I drink it, we're at a gallon. <laughs> right. That's right. They, they even got the ones with the time on them now, too. Yeah. Yep. Like, now it, as it goes down. 
Yeah, so like you're not even – forget about tracking altogether. It is making you accountable at the time of the day, and you're looking at it, and it's 12 o'clock, but you're still at the 7 a.m. mark. You know you did absolutely nothing you were supposed right. to do. So right. either you're about to chug a whole bunch right now, <laughs> or, yes. or you've got a lot of catching up to do. Um, Peeing all I, night. So they don't in the bathroom every hour. Yeah. Uh, and, um, like they don't want to pee a whole lot. They don't want to go to the bathroom. They got to be at their desk. This and this and that. I, I'm like, you're making excuses. Like, right. Let's let's not make excuses for what a boss may say. Let's see what they will say. But I also I am the type of person that. I will ask for forgiveness later and just, you know, <laughs> me too. Just see what happens. But, um, uh, so Hurdy, Hurdy said, uh, trust me, I've started slow. Tell Matt Lester to give me grace. <laughs> and, uh, uh she, thank you. She to sounds Heather like somebody well. that needs you to, uh, kick her butt a little more. <laughs> she, she's the personality, though. Like, yeah, she don't get. It. You don't take no crap either. She give it right back to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've gotten yelled at by her from from getting on my athletes. Uh-huh. Like, I've been, I've gotten onto them and like been a little loud. And she goes, "Hey, they are coming in here to get better. You don't need to give them attitude." She's she's the mom. She's the mama. I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm gonna Tuesday, Hardy. I'm gonna have a paper to say grace on, and I'm gonna give you grace. no this is what you do you 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 paint grace you paint the word grace on one of the 45 plates do it that's her plate that's her plate (laughs) so just to like get back yeah we talked about nutrition um so let's kind of go into the the piece of how it got you started to owning your own clean eats to tie that into your nutrition piece. Okay, so um, <laughs> I know, I'll, y'all don't know me too well. Um, so I I may um, do you got you guys know about enagrams much? Have you guys looked into enagrams much ish? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you'll have to take the test and figure out what enagram you are. But I'm a three, um, which basically means like I'm a doer. And like, I'll just jump into things. And so that's why I married somebody who's not really a doer. And he's like the supportive backbone, but he's also super analytical because one day I'm just sitting there and I'm like, dang, I'm working with all these clients on nutrition. I need a clean eats. And so I literally Google clean eats and how to find it. I didn't really think much about it and was like emailing them that night. Hey, how do I open a clean eats here in Charleston? Or how can I open my own? Um, and so just so happened that one was for sale here in Charleston. So, um, I was like, Hey babe, I think we need to open this clean eats. And then of course that was a lot of conversation about why we need to do this. Um, and, um, but what I found was that my clients are missing, uh, kind of like that extra piece. So everybody knows how to cook for the most part. It's just, it's not really fun thing that we have to do, but they needed some guidance or they needed that, um, little bit of help on like basically just macro tracking. Um, and there's not a lot of places that you can with the hustle and bustle of life that you can go and eat well and stay within your macros. Because if you look at the portions that are given out at restaurants, you already need a plate or your to-go box um, to go ahead and pack away three fourths of the plate that you're given when you go to a restaurant, right? Cause you're automatically going to bro- blow your macros out of the water. So I really did some research on how they do their macros. I kind of, um, 
research Donna Devon. They're the owners. They're the ones who started it. They came from a bodybuilding background. So if anybody knows how to track macros, it's bodybuilders, right? So it's like, okay, so they know how these meals need to be planned out. How can I make that work for my clientele that may not have a lot of knowledge in macros, but that I could kind of guide them with these different meals that we have and at least reel them in a little bit. Um, and of course, from a business standpoint, I really love their business model and that was all great and stuff, but it really came down to, I needed something else to support my clientele and clean eats was what I found to do that because I was writing meal plans and, and if I'll just be a hundred percent honest, that is one of the least, the things I like doing the least is telling someone exactly what to eat. Like I love to give macros and all those things, but each one of us has those own, uh, you know, these little quirks about us, whether we have um, an issue with texture or we don't like weird things. Like I'll eat something weird before bed, like chicken and popcorn because they fit my macros, right? Like I'm just to that point in life where I've learned that sometimes you don't eat what you eat because you like it. You just eat it because you have to. Um, and not everybody's there. Like they're just people who have their own quirks. So I found that Clean Eats was a real um, easy way for me to support my clientele on that nutritional um, journey that they're on. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. That, no, that's, that's huge because, um, I mean, that was one of the biggest things whenever we built Next Level Fit. I was like, I need somebody, because I wanted to, to give that extra piece to the clientele, even with the athletes being like, all right, I know a little bit about nutrition. We need somebody in that position to, do it all as far as setting macros, keeping on top of them, making sure they're accountable. And, yep. you know, it doesn't matter if they're an athlete or a client or a client, you know, they're, everybody's kind of pretty much treated all the same because nutrition right. is such a big piece when it comes to working out. Everybody wants to look like what they see on Instagram or Facebook, but they don't realize all the hard work that really goes into it. Really? That's, yeah. and that's, the, that's the biggest thing. I was like, all right. So Matt, I was like, Matt, you're on the staff, you're doing nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nutrition, nutrition is tough. Like I, I love the working outside of things. Um, nutrition is just tough. People's schedules are so different too that just keeping people accountable outside of the gym when they're not with you is super tough. Um, and we just live in this, uh, this day and age where you have to fit so many things into your day that nutrition's out the window. So if we, can, if we could set people up for success with a grab and go where you already know that you have 10 meals in your refrigerator that you can go to and they roughly fit your macros for certain times of day, uh, that made a, it was making a huge deal difference in their, in their training. That's like one thing, like when I talk to people, one thing I harp on, if you can't do clean eats or um, one of the other meal prep companies we have around here, to prep your meals once a week. So they're there and yep. ready for you to go. And like, yep. I harp on that a lot. And people are just like, oh, I'm busy. I don't have time. Like, but like, like you said, setting macros for people is the easy part. Right. So they want like the detailed, like oriented, well, what way for breakfast? I need to know exactly what I eat at each sitting. So I'm going to mess yes. it up. I'm like, well, I give you your meal plan. And then the next day you come back, well, I don't like this, 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 this. That's right. I don't like the texture of that. I can't eat, <laughs> I can't yeah. eat sweet potatoes. I don't like soft rice. I don't like chicken. I'm like, well, <laughs> we got to figure you out then because it's a little tough. Right. right. My background is kind of the same. I actually managed and ran three cleans here at the beach okay before i came on staff with santa that's how i met santa he had clean eats as part of hdc awesome a couple of years ago and then 
that's how I came on board here for a little back. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. So you probably know the person that we're buying this one from. Um, so oh, in Charleston. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. I'll leave that for <laughs> a different conversation. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're going to grow this business. That's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you. You can and you will because I can see it in your personality way better than his. Um, but that's the kind of thing I have with you, not on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's all good. I love business. I love business. I mean, <laughs> no, but, but on it's- that. On that note, like when it, I was, um, one of my favorite books, and if you guys haven't read it, um, it's Chase the, Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. Um, so one of his big things is, is if you're looking for an excuse, you're going to find one, right? If you're looking for an opportunity, you will always find one. And so that's one of my big things that I love to tell my nutritional clients mostly is that, look, if you're looking for an excuse, you are going to find it when it comes to nutrition, because there will always be one there. But if you want the opportunity to do well, you are going to find it. We just have to work together and stay on that track. So um, nutrition is a tough one. Well, there's one like really one. similar to it as well that made me think of was um, uh, those that say they can, those they say, those that say they can't are both usually right. Yep. Yeah. You're right. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. But yeah, I like it. Now you said it was Mark Batterson? Yes. Okay. Mark Batterson. Right. He, he did Chase the Lion. And then the, his other one um, was um, In the Den with the Lion on a Snowy Day. Um, both of them are really good. Um, Chase the Lion is, is one of my absolute favorites. Just for getting you pumped and motivated about whatever journey you're about to be on, whether it's trying to pursue strength training or, you know, wanting to be a power lifter or a business owner, just being the bomb mom that you can be, um, whatever it is that that book will get you pumped. So what was your, what was your prep like for your first competitions? And, um, what are your, I guess it's, it's probably, it's probably gotta be more mental than, than, than the physical to really go through everything from, uh, competition to competition. Yeah. Um, so, uh, part of mine is nutritionally, of course, and then part of, you know, part is the training part, but, um, I cut into the 52s. So, um, just to be competitive, I, I don't, I'm not quite, my numbers aren't quite where I need to be if I want to be a 57 kilo lifter. Um, so I cut into the 52s. Um, and so my food has to be on the money of, definitely about the 12 week mark out. And so I really start reeling things in and making sure I'm keeping things super tight um, and have no excuses, no matter what, Um, just making really good choices and just being really conscious of the things that go in my mouth, especially protein wise. And of course the water Um, and then prep wise, again, just keeping things super consistent with my training Um, 12 weeks out is where uh, things are make or break um, because you start, the different blocks that you need to go through to have a successful meet. Um, And I take all my athletes pretty much through the same 12 week cycle, as long as someone isn't coming to me at like eight or nine weeks and wanting me to program for them. But um, my long-term athletes about 12 weeks out, uh, we're, we're coming into more of that bodybuilding phase. Um, Then we have a strength training phase and a peak phase right into the meet. Um, So being super consistent, those 12 weeks out is, is where we are that make or break that meet day. Um, so 
it's I, I just I try to stay consistent all the time. Um, it's kind of like dieting per se. You know, if, if you're on this roller coaster ride of diets, um, it's just never good for you. Um, so really just being consistent all the time, no matter what what part of the prep I'm in. I find that it just keeps my entire life just balanced um, as best as it can be. Yeah. So for me, like just speaking to like some of the general population, um, mm -hmm. I understand that it is tough um, to be consistent like that all the time. It, it definitely takes a different level of discipline. Um, Cause even for someone like me, I, I'm a strength coach and the thing I struggle with the most is my nutrition. So we, we do want you to understand that it is tough, but it is definitely doable. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It is not, it is not something that is beyond the realm of the everyday person to be uh, consistent with their meal planning or their nutrition, because trust me, like for, for me, I used to be 360 pounds. Um, and now I'm sitting around the 270 well, we just went through Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> I thought those macros didn't count. Those calories don't count. <laughs> the internet said. Might not be no more. But so skipping all of that. Um, before Thanksgiving, I was about two seventy. Um, so it is definitely something that's doable for just the everyday person as well. And just to give you even more um, of an example, is my mom. Um, she was a phlebotomist and a medical technician. Um, she has lost a hundred pounds. Um, she went from 280 to 180. Um, so, and she's just your everyday person. If you go into the gym with her and ask her what lift is what, she couldn't tell you. She couldn't even tell you what a curl or a tricep extension is. But she, you know, I, I worked with her at the gym as well as uh, helping her with the nutrition, um, and she has lost 100 pounds as a result of it because she was cool. dedicated to doing that. Um, and mind okay. you, my mom is also. Um, she, if she ever sees that, she'll be back. Because I'm going to tell you, she's 50 years old. Um, she doesn't look 50. She, she looks. She looks like she's in a 30 somewhere, but. Uh, maybe she won't be so mad at me for saying that part, but um, <laughs> she is 50 years old. Um, but she is lost a hundred pounds and I'm very proud of her for that because that show is just your everyday person, regardless of what you do for a living, it is doable. Absolutely. We know it's hard and yep. especially to start, to me, the hardest part is just starting. Once you start and get into a yes. routine, it's not that bad anymore. Yes. Yep. So I would just give you the challenge of just starting. And if you can accept that challenge and take that challenge and run with it, I can almost guarantee you the results you're looking for. Right, right. I mean, we all, I, I mean, I don't know about y'all. I didn't start this until I was 30. So, and I'm 37 now. So I was a, a tired mama um, of two kids. And um, all I asked my husband for my 30th birthday was for a personal trainer to write my programming and my nutrition. And that's where all of this started. Um, so it was just, I needed that little push and I needed somebody to be accountable for too. And I knew that if he invested really good money, I wasn't going to waste our hard-earned money to not do what somebody else was going to tell me to do. And so that's where this started. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I am just a homeschooling mama who just happens to own a couple of businesses. Like it is just as hard, I think, for us who 
own these things and who just choose to be athletes, um, we are normal people at the end of the day too. And so we do go through the same struggles. And so we can understand where you're coming from. Um, And it's huge to have that accountability aspect of things. And you don't have to do this thing of nutrition and strength training on your own. Cause there's so many people out there willing to be your accountability partners. And like we all, I don't know. I mean, I know you guys do too, but I, I want to see so many people successful. Like that's when I'm writing out my list every day, there is at least something on my list that is going to help someone else be better. Um, so this, that's just what we do as whether strength coaches or, um, a coach of anything in general. The reason why we coach is because we want to help people do better. Um, and so, uh, if you're struggling with this stuff, we've, we know the struggle and we understand that. And we definitely want to help you with that, um, and be successful with it for sure. Everyone's struggling. Everyone struggles. And I say this, I'm sure these three down here are going to be like, you say this all the time. Well, as coaches, we're here to help you. Like that's all we want to do. That's it. Yep. that's all we can do like we don't we can't do anything we can't do what we do without you that's right that's so right you're here and you want our help we're going to give you everything we can to help you to get where you want to go right so that's you know, we can't do where we're at like it doesn't happen without you no, we're so, also going to see some of the people that no one else will see either you're going to yeah. see you're going to see the ultimate bottom and the ultimate top most times and like any struggle y'all have got, like anybody who's listening has gone through somebody in the group or somebody within the coaching crew has gone through it. Yeah. Right. Hell, he, he had trouble losing weight. I had trouble gaining weight. I was always yeah. a skinny kid. Right. Hard gainers are tough. Hard gainers are tough to, I mean, it, to, to it, get it, you it, to it, eat it, enough. Oh my God. And that, that's the thing I try to tell people is cause I know a lot of people look at people that are overweight, look at losing weight as being harder. People that are underweight, look at gaining weight is being hard. I'm like, regardless of they what your struggle is, hard. they both are equally hard. They're both equally right. challenging because I have worked with both sides <laughs> and right. I can understand right. the challenge of both sides. And I'm going to um, say this as well. Like I know, he, like he said, he says that all the time we are here to help you and we definitely are. And that's the thing that uh, a lot, is a struggle to get people to understand we're here to help, but we cannot do it for you. Um, right. We want to give you as much support and love and care and programming and nutrition and whatever we can give you. We want to give it to you. We want to put it right in your hands and just give it to you and let you run with it. But we cannot do it for you. We can't show up to the training sessions for you. You actually have to get in your car and come. We can't put the food on the table. Like we're not going to come to your house and cook the food. Well, I mean, we have cooked for some. You can pay me and I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like even if like you work with clean eats, you can, they can come buy the food from you, but that don't mean that they're walking from the store in the gas station. Oh, look at that honey bun right there. (laughs) We can't control everything you do. We're here to help you. And we want to help motivate you and help you get to the goals you want, but we cannot do it for you. I don't care how bad we want it. You got to want it just as bad as we do. Because I promise you, everyone on this call, we want it bad for you. <laughs> we really do. So, um, you, but it does take effort and it does take time. You just have to have the discipline. And like, I, one thing you said is big for me is the accountability partner. I am huge, like so huge on accountability partners because it's something that I struggled with for a while. When I first started my weight loss journey, um, I would go to the gym and like some days I'd have a friend come, some days I wouldn't. And then there'd be some days I'm like, well, my friend's not going, so I'm not going. And 
it's, it's a struggle to do it by yourself. I mean, some people, you know, um, they can do it on their moms. Like Matt's that person. That's why he's laughing. He can just go to the gym by himself <laughs> and it's not a problem for him. Me, like, I struggle whenever I don't have that accountability. Even to this day, if I don't have that accountability partner with me or someone working out with me, it's a struggle for me. Like, yes, there's times where, um, like, let's me and Matt work out a lot uh, together. So there's times he's not there. Yes, I still work out. I, I, I mean, I've gotten to a point now, especially being a strength coach, being in it for as long as I have been. Yes, there's days that I work out on my own. But I just love having that presence of somebody else there with me. So yeah. it's not just you that like that other presence, that accountability partner. Um, it just makes it, it does make it easier for some people. So find that partner, find someone to hold you accountable, even if it's an, a coach like one of us. Um, and and that's, does it not don't necessarily have to be one of us. Go find you a coach anywhere. I don't care. Um, I just want you to get the results you want. Um, find you somebody that can help you along your way. And I know we're probably getting closer to the end. Okay, go ahead. No, my bad. What was you going to say? No, um, when you when you look at you know training and nutrition and life as a whole, um, we say accountability partner. It doesn't have to be partner. It can be partners. So I you know I have somebody who understands nutrition that will hold me accountable nutritionally um, and the several different sports. So for the different sports, I have different accountability partners. So I have a powerlifting accountability partner. Um, she's also my water accountability partner. Um, <laughs> and then somebody that, that is like, Hey, have you done your Olympic lifting today? How'd that go? And blah, blah, blah. And it's not my actual coach. It's just somebody else that I Olympic lift with. Um, and then business, I have somebody who's like, Hey, have you done X, Y, and Z for your business lately? Or have you read that book? You told me you were going to read, how's that going? Um, so I think accountability partners in life, um, but you have to sometimes seek those people out and they have to be the right ones for you. So, um, that's a big deal. It can't be like a one-way street with accountability partners. Yeah, it, it got to go both ways. And it is definitely hard. Like, if you find all of that in one person, congratulations. Uh, yes, you the have won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Congratulations. You did good. You found a good one. Because um, yeah. most of the time, it is in multiple people that you're going to have to find all of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as we've been talking, um, I've actually um, I figured out, I actually knew what you were talking about when you said an integrant because I had taken one, but it's been years and years ago. Um, yeah. But I actually just finished it, even though I can't, you got to pay for it. And I take the test while we're here talking. <laughs> this is like my, this is like my, my, my one thing I don't have a lot of information on. So I've been, I, I've been the mat of the conversation right now. Okay. Uh, I, I love you, Matt, but that's how we're going to use this term now. Um, <laughs> the power left upon this call, I was just like, do do do. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to wait. <laughs> My turn's on soon. Uh, oh, it says I'm an eight. Okay. Yeah. And that is ch the known as the challenger. Eight sees themselves as strong and powerful and seek to stand up for what they believe in. I think my next one was a a two. Oh, I'm a wing two. I'm a wing two. Yeah. yeah. And then after that was a three. Okay. So right. it so went. Eights, eights and threes are very similar. 
So yeah. that's that's pretty good. That's pretty so, good. and guys, if you want to do this, and if anybody wants to do this, this is a free one. It's on uh, truity.com, T-R-U-I-T-Y.com. Um, it gives you the basic stuff, like what the nine basic, I'm guessing, types are. Yes. Right. And then you can pay a fee to unlock everything else. But it's actually to kind of like see what we all are. And then then everybody will get like their categories of areas. Like, all right, since you're eight, this is what you're in charge of. It is huge. huge. And like business, it helps you with your clients. If you're like, there are some I'm like, you're a one, aren't you? So ones and I, we struggle a little bit. So I have to know like how to tell a one. So it's really big if you're a strength coach, Find out what your um, just run it. It take what took you a couple of minutes, Anthony, to do that. Yeah, um, and, I was, I was, and it was only because I was bouncing back and forth. <laughs> so I probably took like 15, 20 minutes. But oh. I know I, I I find the funniest one that I scored the lowest on was a nine. <laughs> and guys, um, and this will make perfect sense. Uh, type nine is also called the peacemaker. Oh, so <laughs> it says it says nines right. like to keep a low that's profile and let the people okay. around them set the agenda. <laughs> now, that will be my job at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's huge. It's huge for being able to um, support your clients um, or even your friends. It is it's made communication so much better with some of my friends that I'm with all the time um, because now we know how to like support each other. So another quote that I really love is like, you're the sum of the five people that you hang around um, or that you're closest to. Um, and that has, has some little pockets as well, but for the majority of the time, you're the sum of the five people that you're around. Well, if you're around people all the time that you really like, and you want to get around, um, get along with, uh, that Enneagram makes a big difference in your communication and how to support like that team. So you can do so well together and just grow together. It's a big deal. So I will include that in a post and um, <laughs> in the link within wherever we post this. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done that before. It's been a long time. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't take 10 minutes tops. It's about six pages yeah. worth of questions. Probably about, I think they said what a typical one's 110 questions. Yeah. So it's, it's still fun. I mean, you, it, it's, it's one of those weird things. I know without trying to go off on a tangent, um, where it, you'll notice it asks you the same questions, but they're worded differently. And it's all in how you feel when you answer them, which is usually what drives it. But there's, there's the whole psychology behind that and everything too. Um, (laughs) uh, I think my last question um, would probably, and this is the gym rat and all of us is um, what is your proudest lift? Like which one do you like lean on that you love the most? Um, I love I love my deadlift. Um, I have a three seventy deadlift at one hundred and thirteen pounds. Um, so hopefully four hundred soon would be great. <laughs> it's coming. But yeah, that's that's my favorite is deadlift. Yeah. Um, I will say because I know we're getting close to the end. Uh, because I do mostly coach females. My pretty much my whole powerlifting team is females. Um, you coach females, you have males as well at your gym. What is advice for, you know, females only that are, that want to go into powerlifting or in advice for anybody in general that wants to go into powerlifting? What do you have for them? 
Um, so start simple. Um, it's, it, 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 you don't even have to pay for a coach. Go with a simple five by five. Like that's where I just tell some people who come into my gym who maybe, you know, have spent all their money on just a gym membership and, or they're a high school kid who doesn't want to pay for programming or whatever. And they're spending their allowance to come to my gym. Um, start with a five by five, um, get and, and work on technique. Technique is huge. Um, if you can get a good base with technique down, the rest will come. Um, uh, powerlifting is not a sport that you just come in for most people and you're just genetically gifted and you blow things out of the water, you know, overnight. So this is a long-term sport. You have to be in powerlifting, uh, for the long haul, um, to, to do really well. Um, I, I hope to still be lifting at a hundred. So that's, that's my long haul. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the grandma pulling 400 at 90. Like it's, it's good. It's good. Um, <laughs> that's always a good because I know as soon as like some people get to the older age, they're like, oh, I'm going to equip it at a point. But do you want to be the older person that's equipped it or do you still want to be raw? No, I don't even know if equipped will be around whenever we're 100 because it's it's truly like there the powerlifting kind of switched. So it used to all be equipped. And then now it's kind of like taking this turn where it's it's really cool to be raw um, and, and do it without equipment. So um, I think it it will always be there, but it's going to phase out, it continue to phase out even a little bit more. Um, and then just stay in your own lane is huge. Social media can get you hyped, but you don't realize that person's been lifting since they were 14 years old and now they're in their thirties. So, I mean, they have a huge base. Um, you can't tell if somebody's five foot tall or 10 foot tall on social media, their levers may be perfect to be a power lifter and you may have longer femurs like me and it just takes you longer to squat well. So um, staying in your own lane. And then uh, the, the last thing I think about telling newbie, well, okay, two more. Um, once you hit those plateaus, this is where it comes to the long haul. After your newbie gains are gone and you stop making those PRs after pay, you have to really find that mental grind to push through um, maybe even the setbacks and having to, to build back up after you've had to readjust some of your uh, dynamics, um, like changing your footing, changing your hand grip for bench, um, changing the bar placement for a deadlift, going from high bar to a low bar or something like that. Um, you, you're not always going to PR once you get out of those newbie gains. Um, and then in the last one, if, if you want to be a competitor in powerlift, you have to compete. So people want to uh, wait to get on the platform until they're like, breaking records and stuff. It's the worst idea possible. Um, you have got to get on the platform and it could be, you go in there, you go nine for nine and you've hit all the numbers you've hit in the gym before and you just have fun. Um, so learning to have a meet day mindset and how a meet works, you're never going to know um, how you're going to do until you step on that platform for the first time. And then you got to get on there the second time and you're going to feel much more comfortable in the third and fourth time. So just getting on the platform is huge. Um, don't wait, don't wait till you're breaking all the records. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, with that, um, we all want to say thank you um, because I, I was looking forward to this one too. Uh, and I know Santorna talked about you a lot. So, you know, when he starts playing somebody up, it's always a good thing. So pat on the back, Santorna. It's <laughs> like uh, with the USAPL in South Carolina, you know, starting out fresh. Yes, I had a powerlifting background, but like actually learning how to run things and actually coach people on a team 
and then you know eventually start doing more meets as as we're getting our gym because I'm I'm going to be bringing more meets back to Myrtle Beach. That we did one. I know. So, uh, so now that I got some things in order, we got to get one more thing in order, and then we'll be bringing meets back to Myrtle Beach normally. We're coming. We're coming. So, yeah. but uh, I just want to say thank you again for coming on. Uh, really You're appreciate welcome. it. Um, and I'm sure we'll probably have you back on to talk a little bit more in depth on uh, what we started to hit on towards the end of this call. So, because I know that in itself is a, a topic that we could talk about for hours. So, until we get um, powerlifting 103, which will be the next text point in the saga. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you again, Heather. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome. And everybody else, until next week, uh, every Sunday, 7 o'clock, unless for some drastic reason one of us is dead, which that usually hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Um, uh, Hey, it's going to be memorable. People won't forget that. All right. And you're all laughing. So that's the point. Um, you know, or something happens to one of us where, you know, it's probably going to be Lester in a food coma, you know, where he forgets that he has to come on. Um, but seven o'clock Sundays, everyone have a good night.